Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. From the team that brought you the award-winning show Retro Replay and the Emmy-nominated comedy series Con Man comes a new idea just crazy enough to be good. Introducing Couch Soup. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what is Couch Soup? Well, Couch Soup is content for your hungry nerd soul. Daily articles from fans, not pundits. Weekly podcasts that contain a multiverse of opinions on all things pop culture. Exclusive videos and weekly live streams where we laugh, scream, and sometimes have technical difficulties. All created by folks like you, the gamers, the film nerds, the TV bingers, comic book lovers, bookworms, and pop culture enthusiasts, all in one giant bowl of beautiful, disgusting, soupy goodness at CouchSoup.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Watching Now podcast over here on CouchShoop. Today, we are starting a new Watching Now series where we're going to be breaking down each episode of Halo Season 2. Season 2 dropped this week. Dan's got the helmet. Dan's ready. There he is, Master yes, Chief. Yes, Master Petty, Petty Chief. Petty Officer Dan Brown. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. Dude, that gold visor is just iconic. It's just the greatest, greatest thing. Anyways, anyways, stay focused, mm. stay focused. <laughs> we have to stay focused because we have a bumper episode for you guys today. We have a ton to get through because we didn't get one, but we got two episodes to start off season two. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be going through both of those episodes and we're going to be talking a little bit about season one um, and just our impressions and thoughts on season one, what we thought about it. Uh, so we got a lot to get through. So let's get right into it by introducing our cast. So I am your host, Nick McKay. Reporting for duty, we have Dan. Da -da -da -da. What's up, everybody? <laughs> we have Tom. Howdy, partners. And we have the soup maestro himself, Mr. Drew Lewis. I need a weapon. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't he say Master that? Master Chief other things? Yeah, it's a chief. It does. That, it that does, impression yeah. gets There's a six a out of lines. ten. Six out of ten. Well, six out of ten. Listen, it, it's as good as the episodes. Then let's just say that I'm I'm pretty much on par. They should hire me instead ooh, of. Uh, ooh, no, I'm just I'm just playing. Smell, smell no. that smoke. Didn't know Lily was here with the salt. <laughs> <laughs> Lily's up above Drew with the strings. <laughs> the puppet master no. alright so let's jump straight into it and let's talk a little bit about season 1 we're going to blow through this really quickly because we know what you're here for and that's for season 2 but let's talk a little bit about season 1 so season 1 do you guys have any impressions or any things that really stood out about season 1 that you want to bring in here I'll get the ball rolling and I'll say immediately that I thought it was kind of weird and I'm not sure I was too crazy about how much of Master Chief's face we saw because that's the mm. thing in the games is you never see his face, right? And this, I feel like he had his helmet off for 99% of the show. I don't know how you guys <laughs> feel about that. I think it works for the TV show to see his face a little bit more. But like yeah. that was that was the first thing that stood out for me was like, 
Damn. I mean, I mean, uh, Pablo is it Pablo Schreiber? Pablo yeah. Schreiber. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. his name. Pablo Schreiber. He's not a he's not a bad looking guy, but I mean, you're not supposed to see the chief's face. Seeing his face um, isn't a huge issue for me, and I think that's a beaten horse. Like it is what it is. You like it or you don't like it. Move on. It, it, like, how are they going to make a TV show? Sure, it's been done. Mandal- Mandalorian can do it, where the guy's got a helmet on the whole time. It's counter to Master Chief as we know him as a character in the video games. But this is a TV show with a different storyline. It's supposed to be a different timeline, a different universe, whatever you want to call it. It is what it is. I have different qualms with the character, but not the helmet. So, yeah, I didn't mind it as well. I, I think maybe if it was pulled back a little bit, they did have more helmet. That would have been like you know. <laughs> Cool, but I, that more to my thing. Like, That's what I was more, 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 more action sort of deal. But we got on the helmet thing. Um, I agree with Dan. It's a different timeline, and like they kind of establish like after the first episode, and after like he touches like the artifact or whatever the fuck it is, that he obviously he changes from game chief to like this new chief, where like mm. it's that That's sort of switch. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, yeah, I think for the the weird story that they wanted to tell, which whatever on that, um, I think this was a good way to do it. Not that I liked it all that much, like the overarching story, but I think yeah, that's sort of like it was okay for what they wanted to do. But I can see why a lot of people who are fans of the character and like the especially the original games, they'd be like, no, fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's like. It's funny. You're like, would do do we need? I I feel like we need to do like a a helmet to f- a face ratio, like screen time, like, and and yeah, and then see like if, yeah. if episodes where he wears the, wears the helmet more, are those the better episodes or the helmet where he wears them? You know, like you know, maybe maybe we can gauge like if the episodes at like a B or an A or, or C based on like the helmet to face ratio. I think that's a good idea. Um, and uh, maybe we should maybe we should start to implement that moving forward. But we I, should I listen, look into that. Yeah, yeah we should look yeah. into that. And but I, here's the deal: it's like if he wore the helmet all the time, and it's kind of the same thing with Mando. You kind of start to give like it's weird. You're like, well, what is? How does he eat? Like, when does he? You know, like, well, he just has like he's at a dinner table with like like an officer, and he's just sitting there like staring at everybody, and everybody else is like drinking bottles of beer. You just do the like, space ping, balls, ping, like, like drinking eat. through the holes in the, yeah, in the helmet. The the... Yeah, it would just it just gets stupid. People like get over it. Like you can't have a show that dives into the deeper corners of Halo and that character, Master Chief, without him taking his helmet off. I'm sorry, like, like it, yeah. Just, yeah. it just is what it is. Uh, but I agree. Maybe there's like more action. I'm always up for more action and he should have his helmet on for that action because it's awesome. Yeah. And the action, and let's be straight. The action in season one is awesome. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, with, and, with one exception, with okay. one exception, okay. in episode one, when he throws the gun, why was it a CGI gun that he threw? Because like, a real gun he, would hurt. It was a CGI. No, he, no, he threw the assault <laughs> rifle down, and it looked so. I, I, that was the one thing that stuck out to me. Maybe like, they only had one prop, gosh. and they didn't want to oh, damage it. They didn't break right. it. it broke or, it. Or the, the actor day. was like, "Don't break my nose with a real gun, please." Uh, yeah, but like no, he threw it on the ground. So I'll do this. Yeah, that was something I was going to say as well. Is I'm I'm really with season one. I was really happy with the production value of it. I know they had like a a huge budget, but 
they nailed it with the with the the production values, especially the action sequences. Like I think it's episode five where the Covenant take the artifacts. Yeah, and they have that cool. amazing scene where Chief gets on a warthog, and then yeah. the other Spartans jump on the warthog, and they start just like mowing everyone down. Yeah, I think the music kicked epic. in, like the real like game music kicked in there yeah. too, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's go. So yeah. yeah, that's all I need from the show, honestly. <laughs> There was one thing in that scene which made me laugh out loud where Cortana starts helping Chief for the first time and she's like, there's a guy to your right, there's a guy there. And she's giving him like tactical advice. Yeah. And then uh, he's got his pistol out and it runs out of ammo and Cortana's like, you should switch to your secondary. And Chief is like, I know how to play the game, Cortana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just killing myself. I was yeah, like, it's yeah. so good. I think he said like, I think it was like, I know how the game is played, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like yeah, yeah, a, yeah, little, yeah. a little yeah. nod to like, you know, the game and, you know, it's a nice, it was a nice touch. Switch to secondary. I know how the game is played, Cortana. So good. And the, the Spartans had their little snappy one-liners. Man, that was, that was my favorite moment of the whole of season one, which is dialogue between Spartans is definitely one of the better things and yeah. like so, true so like full-blown for season one i had very mixed feelings with it but the action is still one of my favorite parts of the, the first season i especially admire and appreciate that they do those first person shots from inside the helmet with the hud display yeah. it's like okay now you're in halo now you're seeing the hud mm -hmm. just like in the game you get mm -hmm. the low shield beeping so, yeah. the do, 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 like okay yeah boom, perfect point. you know yeah. Uh, as far as everything else, I think the biggest downsides of season one were some of the st the storylines that they're mixing in that they kind of have to be there for a TV show to make it a TV show to stretch things out. But at the same time, they're kind of like the mm -hmm. weakest parts of the entire show, like the Quan storyline, the Soren. I was yeah. going to say these yeah. characters mm -hmm. I don't really care about. I've, I'm sure they have something to do with the overall narrative in the end and they're leading up to stuff. But at the same time, I don't care about any of that right now. So it's dragging the show down. They're boring. Yeah. I fell asleep mm -hmm. during like the Quan centered episode, like episode seven. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, "Yep, let's yeah. just watch one episode tonight." And then I fell asleep. Where I was, oh, the evil guys are oh, cool, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. But, it's it's like it's it's Quan's got a cool story, but she's got a story that's set in this in a series that Master Chief is in. I'm like, shut up, bitch, and give me more Master Chief. Yeah, yeah, I, and and even like, um, uh, what is it, McKee, McKay, McKay, Charlie Murphy, McKee. like. Like I, it's it's interesting. Like her design as a character, like on paper, you're like, this is actually pretty interesting. But, I, but somehow the way it was like the pacing of it just felt like, oh mm. my gosh, like it just needs to either happen less, less or or faster or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but it just that story just felt like it needed to move quicker. And the Dragged same thing on. with the Quan. Mm -hmm. It's like they drew it out yeah. over a season when it was like you could have just done it in like. Uh, like that was like an episode you could have just had like a not a one-off but like you could have finished that story in two or three episodes rather than eight so i, I agree with you guys like uh, the side stories really took away uh. from season one uh when they really should have focused on building the world of the humans and and like master chief and and that storyline he was trying to figure out like you know, finding himself, you know, and his family and and Natasha McClone's uh Hazley Hazley character uh so i think that was where things really started to like get interesting um as a deviation i guess in a way right yeah because yeah i just want to jump one last thing because we, we, this has gone for a hot minute now um just one thing i want to put out at season one i really liked the delve into psychology like the spartans and how they do with being like kidnapped and mutilated that's that was like that's that what was, i was gonna say next yeah i really yeah, really really liked that part. like mm -hmm. I, it was different but like in a cool way like i thought it was similar to like what halo 4 and 5 were trying to do with chief trying to humanize him mm -hmm. 
And like, I really liked Halo 4, contrary to like what everyone believes, like what everyone thinks <laughs> of it. Um, but I liked that how they were delving deeper into like, is Chief a machine? Is he human? And they I go into that in uh, Halo Infinite as well. That's a big part of the oh, narrative. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, my bad. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's something that, that I've, that's why I liked the main story a lot and why I agree. The side stories can suck a dick. Um, <laughs> they're narrative devices that just get stale like- really fast. So it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I read like uh, reviews and things and a lot of critics said that the writing was a bit derivative. And I thought for the side characters, yeah, like it was yeah. like a bit cliche and like we've seen it before. Like Master Chief's story was like really intriguing. And I, every time the side story, the side characters were on screen, I was like, just give me back to Chief because his yeah. story is, his story in Cortana, like Cortana in the first season is great. I like how she adds something to it. It's great. There exactly. That's that. that's <laughs> go and read that, people. Oh man, that's, that's the good. segue we. But need. anyways, so yeah, that's the segue, the segue we need. <laughs> Maybe just before we move on, do you have an out of ten rating for the first season? I personally give it a seven point five. What are we feeling for season one? Yeah, I'd go seven. I'll say a like, seven. Yeah, I'm right Seven's, there with you. Yeah, seven, seven point five feels right because it's not bad. The right? season finale it's, really yeah. nailed it. So it's yeah, bad. it's not yeah. bad. Like, I think it's, it's good. It's a first show. season. Yeah, it, yeah, and and, and yeah. you could see how it could be better. And I think, and we'll get to that, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. they've made some nice changes to to make it room, right just right away. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the best thing they did so in that, that season finale, though, too, was also that ending where Cortana takes over Chief, and then he basically becomes video game Chief. Because totally. he stops talking, he yeah. starts murdering he everything. It's like, oh, this yeah, is the game now. Super bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except I'm not. I don't have a controller in my hand, and I've, it's like weird, right? You're like, oh yeah, mm. that's what I would have done. I oh, didn't yeah, hit the B button yeah. to make him yeah. execute that guy. <laughs> yeah. Righty. So on that note, uh, let's see if season two is any better. Hopefully, it is. Uh, let's dive straight into it with our first sit rip. So jumping right into episode one of season two, uh, I got to say the first thing is like, damn, that was a cool opening action sequence. Yeah. Like yeah. on that, that planet with like the fog and the invisible covenant elites. Like that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. another example of like that production value being really, really high. And those action sequences just being badass, dude. It's so that was the first scene for me that I was like, okay, cool. We, we still have it. We still have it. Let's keep going now. I like that. They're doing a good job of keeping the, uh, the St. Healy, like, scary. Because, like, you see that plasma sword poof, in the fog, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> even though it might even look the same, it looked better than season one. Um, but also, mm. I know we said we don't want to backtrack, but, like, right before that, like, the very first thing we see is, like, Chief on the operating table, mm. and, like, taking Cortana out. Mm. And I really like mm. that transition. Like, I didn't like that Chief cried, because, you know, yeah. he, but, like, whatever. But I really <laughs> like how that transition just he kind of turned to him. True, actually. <laughs> he was dead. Um, they had to, like, so I read up on it. I, I didn't really ooh, catch it in the episode. I didn't catch that either. Had to, they had to. I didn't catch that uh, uh, that he was. No, what did I? What did I, I don't even remember what I was saying. But I, I read up on it, and um, they had to remove Cortana from Chief in order to save his life. Mm-hmm. So okay. he was dead. 
Because I remember Cortana says, like, I'm not sure if I can bring you back. Right. And he so lets himself Cortana die, essentially. Gonna, like, so Cortana takes him back. Yeah, exactly. They said they had to remove Cortana. So I think it was a neural thing with his brain or whatever. They had to actually remove her in yeah. order to save Chief's life. So that's where, I mean, and maybe you guys can help me out here. I guess I was a little confused because in the first season, like, the change from the game is it's not like a card that mm. you slide into the back of the helmet, yeah. right? Mm. She like injected, like, something that, like, in, like, is part of his brain. Like, it wasn't something you could remove is from what i understood it was like there and which is weird that they're like we can take it out and i'm like uh i don't uh i was kind of and then the fact that it happened like in like a four second like him lying on the table and you just hear some vo and then you're back into the i wasn't even sure for the first five minutes of the episode is this a i was thinking it was like is this a pre pre-cortana mm. like it took yes. me a while to understand like where we were in the timeline because it didn't even give you like pre-post like there wasn't any date or anything to kind of like let you know where you were in the the story arc of things so it was it was an yeah. interesting narrative choice but i'm glad they didn't force feed me because i like shows that let me like figure it out narratively mm -hmm. through the dialogue right like so i was kind of actually kind of interested it made me lean in more so i'm not i'm not putting, putting yeah. that as a negative but we should talk about that opening that opening music in the sequence the new Oh, oh, yeah. oh finally put Halo music in? Sequence. Yeah, finally. Like, <laughs> really? It took you like a whole season to figure out that the Halo music is actually really yeah, fucking good. And you should put it in the. In, yeah. in, I yeah, mean, yeah, other like, than the light sprinkling and the opening theme, that it it just kind of lightly hits on it in the opening yeah. title. On it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we got it. Yeah, we got a whole new opening seat. Well, not whole new, but like a relatively new opening sequence. I'm hoping that that's the thing. I love it when shows do that, where like every season there's like a new or like at least a changed opening sequence. I thought that yeah. was that like was kind of cool. <laughs> but, yeah. No, that's completely different. Something I thought that was quite different is that there's that like religious lady that says uh, she's seen Master Chief's death. Mm. And it's it's kind of like, is this like a prophecy thing? Because one thing in the first season was that Chief is like this chosen one that has like this connection to the Forerunner artifact. So is Chief going to be like another chosen one and he's got like a prophecy now that he's got to try and defy or something? Did you guys read anything into that? Because it's it's only uh, really mentioned in that one scene. I mean, it's I'm, mentioned in passing. I'm trying to see what it relates to in like the books and the games, but it's like, all right, they're, I feel like they're making some new narrative decisions to differentiate the show from the games in mm. some form or fashion uh and just kind of like how like chief has some sort of bearing to the forerunners with mckee but how they're trying to turn that back in on humanity and what makes humanity worth saving but i don't know exactly where they're trying to go with that interesting yeah. it, it feels like a seed that's just been planted that they might just like eventually get into but it felt like it was so quick that it was like okay should i pay attention to this or is this a macguffin <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely a macguffin right like it's 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 meant to so it's meant to make master chief second guess like his role as what what he's been propped up to be and right it's the same thing the oni is propping him up to be even if he's not on the battlefield mm -hmm. he's the hero of he's the savior for human like all the colonies right like mm -hmm. knowing master chief is out there is basically saying there's a hero out there and then the, the, the other person is saying like you're gonna die like she doesn't believe in that right and he needs to understand that like he is just a human in a suit right and almost the same thing that guy said to her so there's some parallels there that like is is making it seem like he's less of a godlike figure and more like grounded right i think it's it's the show yeah. trying to ground him as a as a person even more so than than a godlike figure yeah. that can just get through anything. 
Yeah, I mean, they certainly do that. Um, we're we're going to get to that a little bit later because it happens more in season two. But they talk about the Spartans and that there's like a Spartan pride and that like like a couple of people mentioned like Spartans never die, which is something I want to touch on later. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they're really trying to humanize the Spartans as it much as possible. Has a lot to do with the, uh, the they implant chip with in too, season one. where like where they pull the chip mm-hmm. out and it makes them start having emotions and feelings and realizing, yeah, oh, pellets. we're not these the you know un- indestructible gods. Mm-hmm. The pellet. I mean, it was confirmed at the beginning of uh, episode two that uh, Riz has her pellet out as well. And then Vanak confirms in episode one that his pellet's out. I love that little moment where he's like, like now I've started watching nature documentaries. (laughs) Programs. I like the programs. I love that. It's like, did you know that this this bird does this? I like the adding of character to the Spartans in that way, because in the games, all the characters, all the Spartans always had great character. And they mm-hmm. didn't in the first season yeah. of the show. Now they're starting to develop that. And I love that little nuance. Yeah. So moving on to one of the bigger talking points so far of season two is we've got a new bad guy. Is yeah. he a bad guy? And that's Ackerson, who's now the new project lead or supervisor of the Spartans. Uh, first impressions on Ackerson. What do we think? Because I love him. He's such a dick. I love him. He's a great bad guy. Such a dick. I love him. He's probably not a bad guy, but he is a dick. He is yeah. an asshole. We should, should we just rename him to Dickerson? Because like that's just Dickerson. A, yes. You know, like, the head of Oni or ex Oni head of Spartan yeah. program Dickerson. <laughs> Oh no, he's part of O and I, Dan. He's O and I. O and I. Yeah, he doesn't like Sony. Sergeant Dickerson. I, I loved him as soon as as soon as he came on screen for the first time and had that first interaction with Chief. I was like, this guy sucks, but he's <laughs> playing it so well. Like I, like he's just he's kind of it's almost like trying to throw us off that he's like so obviously going to be a bad guy in some way that you like maybe he kind of turns or something. But he's just like he's just kind of started off. It's like ah, oh, his character you love to hate. And it's, it's just yeah. so good. I love these kinds of characters. I get you. It's a bit one note, right? You almost wish there was more nuance there, to, so you would yeah. you would feel like there maybe he maybe some hesitation. He is right. Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe he is right. I mean, would I put Master Chief out mm-hmm. there if someone else told me he's like everything he said is the opposite? Right? You, you're trying to, but but he comes across as such a dick that you're <laughs> like, no, he's definitely the bad guy here. Like he's definitely an asshole. So it's. I, feel- it's, I wish there was a slight nuance there, but they're not really doing that. But whatever. Not really yet. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be the one who has like the crappy means. But he's just trying his best, and like by the end of the season, you'll be like, "Oh, he was kind of doing all right. Still a dick, though." But like, he was kind of doing everything. Okay. No. Do we think we're gonna get like half an episode as filler for like a tragic backstory for Dickerson? Oh, I hope, no, not. I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, please no, please there no, there could no, be no. some inklings to that based on some of the theories that I'm already developing after these first two episodes, but I don't think they're gonna be enough to actually feel sympathy for this character. So moving on, I wanted to go to one of the one of the characters I actually really liked from the first season is uh, Soren. So Soren is one of the he was one of the Spartans with Chief, and then he disagreed with everything and he left. Right, that we saw that in season one, and uh, he's back in season two, and he's looking for Halsey, and uh, he just randomly trusts this kid and gets arrested. And I can't help but feel Soren is like a really good character trapped within mediocre poor stories. <laughs> Because like yeah, he yeah. was he was he was stuck with Quan, who had like boring stories throughout the whole season one, and now why is he trying to find holes? Do you think it's Ackerson though that arrested him? That was one of our. But for what reason? Up. Why? Why do they want him? Controlling the Spartans. Controlling the Spartans. Like he's a he's a criminal. True. That's he, part two. Like <laughs> yeah. that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, is the whole the of season thing. one. 
The whole of season one, he was safe on his planet. Was it uh, always it's an station? Asteroid, I think it? it's rubble. called Rubble. Yeah, the Rubble yeah. or whatever. He was safe there the whole season one. Now they can just find him on a whim. Like, it's kind of... It's like, I feel bad for Soren and that actor because he actually is really, really good, but he's just... All of his stories suck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a little... I mean, uh, the actor, like, he's such a good... Like, he's got such charisma, right? You just want him to have, mm. like... Like, he needs to be more like the... Like, when he comes on, the show should energize a little bit because he has that energy, right? But it doesn't because yeah. of the story they put him in right it's just you're like what what is that all about so yeah i completely agree with you it's sort of interesting how they what they're trying to do with him but i mean i'll write it out i because he's 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 fun he's cool like i dig it and he didn't have those cool gold guns in the first in the first uh season like the the golden revolver the golden revolver yeah Yeah. it's such like a i feel like i'm watching like something out of metal gear like a kojima film where he has like his like own (laughs) every time they cut that it's like a six shooter and i'm like really like (laughs) yeah yeah, dude justice man those parts always feel like something from firefly too and i'm waiting for like uh, yeah. Nathan Fillion to come out and start cracking wise with him or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. My one, my yeah. one thing with the revolver though is like he has a revolver. We need two hands, but one hand's fucked. He's like, <laughs> like I got a. It's like this. And he's just like I got my bullets. He's got the penguin, like, penguin hand. This is the yeah. strong hand. Yeah, <laughs> you're so right. It's like the worst weapon he could choose considering his disability. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, okay. Oh poor guy, poor Soren dude. Yeah. So at the end of season one, we got this. Uh, we got this really cool shot. I'm not sure if they said where in the universe it was but we got to see like that that fog or clouds or whatever and a whole bunch of covenant ships ships leaving up or, or like lifting up um, and and chief did say like they they kind of you know changing their their strategy the covenant are changing their strategies and stuff so it looks like the covenant are, are really amping up for like a big attack and i i gotta say i think it's maybe the best part of, of the episode maybe that except, closing not, not counting the opening fight scene but like that scene was like, oh, the covenant are coming, dude. Like there's gonna be something huge and it's on its way. And what did we think? Because I think we saw the Arbiter at the end. There was like that quick shot. I keep wondering that myself that every the time they do focus on anyone like of that. The, yeah. yeah. Well, and was that oh, him? Was that him like on the rock cliff too with the the leader? The the Master Chief saying like there was a leader and um, oh, yeah, it could yeah. have been. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm waiting for the Arbiter because I love him, dude. I feel like I it's too him. soon for the Arbiter, though. If the if the show follows it anything so that's a transparent or uh, not transparent, but going along with the nor- narrative of the games, because right now the show is setting us up for Halo One, the video game. It's leading up to Halo One, the video game. Essentially, oh, yeah. Okay. This this mm-hmm. I believe what this show is going to be is the Fall of Reach. That's what yeah. the whole season is going to be. Yeah. Which that next season would be them going to the Halo. So the arbiter wouldn't come in until after that. He could be there. Way he could be. A, he that. could be there, it but not as the arbiter. It could be. A I, different be, I arbiter believe though. the arbiter. It, it could be. It could be. I Unless believe the arbiter is arbiter. confirmed for season two, though. So I keep like waiting mm. to see, like, oh, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? But anyways, yeah. jumping into season of season two, episode <laughs> two. Um, episode two had some nice, nice improvements. I feel like. Episode one was a little bit of a slow burn at times. I feel like episode two is starting with exposition, starting to amp things up a little bit. I have to say, I absolutely love what they're doing with Riz. Uh, that's one of the Spartans. She got madly injured mm-hmm. uh, at the end mm-hmm. of season one. If you remember the final episode, she got like this massive like uh, 
gash on her on her rib cage and cortana controlling master chief's body <laughs> took out this like <laughs> this like this gas gun thing and just cauterized her entire body over there yeah. so she's still recovering from those injuries um and it's confirmed that she took her palate out as well but she's had some really interesting moments um in episode two where she's showing a little bit more humanity and a little bit of emotional weakness um and it's kind yeah, of I'm, I'm seeing that maybe because we saw that yeah we saw that from kai in the first season and i think we're going to see that from banak and more specifically riz uh like i said i love when they do that with the spartans and show their humanity so are you guys digging that because that looks like it's going to be something that's they keep going with i think it's important uh, yeah because i was thinking that like her story through this season or however long she's been the show for is showing what spot you don't have to be a spartan forever mm. Because yeah. like, I feel like yeah. by the end, if one Spartan either like leaves to live a life, it'll be Riz. Because just like how they send mm. her up, if at least in episode two, it's just like they're talking with the blind ex Spartan. It's like there's more you can you assholes can be other than just warriors. That's um, a really good point. Because I thought she's getting so much more screen time, she's gonna die. Like that's what I was gonna ask. Do you guys think she's doomed? Like I, yeah. she's gonna make like a heroic sacrifice. Like I, I, I thought when when I, uh, in season one where uh, Kai jumps on the ship that Halsey's on trying to escape. I thought Kai was gonna and then die. She stays on the ship when too. it crashes. I was like, Kai's dead. And then she gets out. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm yeah. loving Kai. She's awesome. Kai's <laughs> great. But, but that that's the if we're talking about who we think gonna die, I think Kai will because she's had so much more build up. I still think so. I, she's I not gonna die because so. yeah, yeah. main guy. Vanek had Vanek hasn't had enough, and I feel like he's just going to be like the big buff guy. Riz again, yeah. plot line of like retiring. I think Kai in that she'll That's die. She like point, push, dude. push mm. Chief over the edge, I guess maybe, or make him realize humanity fully or something like that. That's yeah. a really great point. I didn't think about her retiring. I like that. I see. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Oh, I was just going to say I see the Riz leaving the Spartans, but maybe joining some sort of a resistance group because. I'm basing some of that off of the trailers that I've seen, Once. where they show Riz <laughs> fighting, but not in armor. Yeah, so. that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it's they're definitely gonna do something with that. That's definitely a lot of build up, and 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 that there's that weird massage scene too. You're kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, if she's having like a spiritual mm-hmm. experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, what was that? Or, yeah, and uh, yeah, like, pain. like something <laughs> changing. Yeah, yeah, like something she was just. Ha- just having a good time, like yeah, yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Like I've never been touched ending? like this before. I mean, I was like, I what like I, I was like, maybe I need to get him. Because I was, I was gonna say, I like that we talked about this. Because I was gonna say, um, I think that there's a scene with Riz maybe talking to the blind ex Spartan. I think it's in that scene, and then the very yeah. next scene, I think Ackerson says it as well. Literally in two consecutive scenes, they say the words "Spartans never die." Yeah, and I was like, oh, foreshadowing much? So mm. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. And is that what is happens that, along? Is that here. a game thing? I don't remember that. That does me. happen is, in is Halo it? Four. They mention the Spartans never. Okay, die. I was so, like, yeah. I don't remember that being it's like a, a thing. Quick tagline, yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't ever caught that before. All right. So then, jumping into one of the other things that we saw in this is that uh, Quan is back. Uh, are we happy about that? <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm happy she cut her. I mean, she started. <laughs> the mullet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's. True. True. I mean, I, she's I, starting I, to kick some ass. The way she killed that guy and sent him off into space to get like frozen—that was pretty. That cool. was cool. Yeah, 
I, literally yeah, I immediately space. tuned out. Like I was just like, oh, <laughs> and it was shot so poorly. Like it was so dark in a hallway. I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Like they had no buildup. Mm. I don't even know where she is. Like I, it was like I was like, what is happening here? Like why is this character like? It was to the point where I almost completely forgot she was in the show. You know, and I was excited about that in a way. I was like, oh, maybe she just went off to live her life. You know, <laughs> I thought she was done. I thought something. they had retired her, honestly. I, I did too. And then she's back and I'm like, oh, okay. Screen time to this mm, storyline. I have one theory on this that I, I'm, if I'm, I'm just going off, so then I don't hate like the storyline. <laughs> so I think Quan will be integral to either Guilty Spark or The Flood. I, I was I getting think, some similar inclinations that she's because, already like, the prophesizing monst- the flood. The, and I'm like, no, well, like, too, yeah, soon, monst- too soon, <laughs> Yeah, the monster, because like, it's like the monster takes everything and you still learn with it. But like, what does the yeah. flood do? They take over stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I think had when she, that too. Yeah. When she was like in like the desert yeah. and found like the desert witches people, like that's what they're trying to stop. And it's like Guilty Sparkle, like one of the monitors told them that. And they think, oh, it's a religious prophecy. But then the monster's like, Nah, dude, these fucking dickheads, like, they'll just take over. Like, bloody hell, like, gotta fucking stop them. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think she's gonna be related to the Flood in some capacity. And, like, she'll try and tell Chief, like, Gravemind, mm, don't, don't fuck with this guy. I don't want it to go that way, though, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we haven't yeah, even got to fucking Halo yet, yeah. and the show's called Halo. <laughs> yeah. And you're telling me, like, they're introducing, like, nuggets of the Flood. I'm like, guys, like... Dude, they said the word Halo like three times in season one. So yeah. Yeah. let's slow down a little bit. Uh, yeah, but, like can we but... like focus on just getting to Halo? Like getting to exactly. see, like the game. Like I, I like that story. Like I just feel like I, it's a great theory, and you're probably 100 percent right. But yeah. I, like it makes me more frustrated about the storyline, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, uh, I feel like yeah. we're not gonna see a ha- the actual Halo till like episode eight at the end. Like because as Dan <laughs> said, it'll, pro- it'll probably be like Fall of Reach and Halo Reach this season, and they're like, oh my god. It's a halo. Insert yeah. halo music and halo. <laughs> Next season, you might see a halo. And then no, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, then no season three. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Oh, that would be the worst. Dude. I want to piggyback on Tom's three. I had like a similar thing with uh, Quan too. That I feel like they're going to tie her into some sort of other narrative that may or may not tie into the flood. Which again, I'm like, too soon. Back it up on that. Uh, but it was something that happened in the first season too when Master Chief was having that conversation with McKee. And they were talking about the Forerunner technology. They don't know what the Forerunner technology is still. But they also mentioned about how, what are they going to use the Forerunner technology for? What's the artifact going to be for? And there was this notion of to become gods, to become like gods, which Mm. is completely not a thing in the games. Humans know nothing in the games about the Forerunner technology. They don't know anything about artifacts. And it almost feels like they're flipping the narrative from the games because in the games... The Covenant's all about the religion of the Great Great Journey and finding the Halo and becoming gods. And now the humans in the show seem to be on a similar like trajectory of trying to do the same thing. And McKee was like, no, we can't let them do yeah. that. We have to stop this. Yeah. So Mm, that's interesting yeah you're right you're like i never thought about it like that they flipped it like that because i was actually like curious i was like i don't remember artifacts being so crucial to the game's sort of not at all yeah like like the game narrative right i remember they were kind of a thing but it was never like they talk about forerunner technology for sure (laughs) right um and it's interesting how much they're focusing on it in this show even to the point where um even in the in episode one right like uh what's his ackerson like kind of goes in and tries to touch 
the artifact and mm. like just to see if anything mm. would happen, right? <clears throat> or is it is that episode two? I'm, I'm, I'm that's two. I yeah. think that's yeah. episode two. Yeah. Yeah. They, I liked how they did it with Halsey specifically, making like how she wants to create gods and make humans the new god. So it's like mm. all, it's like through her. Mm. That's I like that change. Almost like she has that superiority kind of thing of like we want humans to be. She's trying to push evolution chain. essentially. Yeah. 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 Essentially. I wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, I think I was going to go a little bit more on uh, Riz. We did. I was going to talk about Soren. Soren's like I said. Soren is such a great character, but I feel like his his he's just trapped in these terrible stories. But I like how Soren's wife is getting a little bit more screen time, and she's a little bit more yeah proactive in things. And mm-hmm. his son Kessler is so cute with that little that little master chief mask or the yeah, helmet yeah it's so cool i really wanted to to become a badass later and maybe become a spartan and fight next to master chief or something like in soren's stead or something like that oh man that'd be cool but he needs to grow up a lot yeah that's that's like that's something that can happen that's 10 years away and i doubt this show's gonna last for 10 years <laughs> I did want to touch on something as well. We got a really, really cool action sequence like midway through episode two where uh, Chief was training the unit yeah, and I really specifically like grilling Riz like super, super hard. And you guys were talking about um, how like you didn't like the CGI. Oh my God, of the Spartans. hold on. Hold on. I love it, dude. I love how the Spartans look different when they're getting all like badass and brutal and stuff. I, I think it's super, super cool. And you guys don't like it? I need I to shout something out here real quick. I completely blanked on this until right now. In the first episode, at the very beginning, Chief has the grappling hook from Halo yeah. Infinite. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, fucking that's cool. true, that's I noticed true. it, yeah. Mm. Yes, and then mm. I, the reason I thought this is because I remember thinking, why isn't Riz using the grappling hook when she was climbing the side of the mountain? But anyways, I think yeah, no, I, 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 I yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering that too. I, I actually like when I was watching, mm-hmm. I was like, why is she climb like hand climbing it and getting shot at? And, like it was kind of like, and she and she ate shit hard. <laughs> I thought dude. she died or like got paralyzed. <laughs> I was like, I legit, I was also like, <laughs> oh, dude, R.I.P. Riz. Totally, oh man, man, he was such a cool character. Yeah, Rip Riz. <laughs> well, and Rip Riz. It, there's a oh, moment. Man. There's a moment where I'm sort of, at what point is the armor and the human like the armor strength versus human strength Mm. and like how are those tied together because part of me is like like the armor should be doing a lot of that heavy lifting should like her like even having a like a a slight disability or being slightly injured does it actually affect like a lot of that that she's able to do like some of the, the restrictions they were putting on her felt like less physical and more like I don't mental? know, like, yeah, not, yeah, maybe mental. I, I, I was trying to understand, like, how the, how the armor and phys- her physical abilities and the armor kind of correlate together to make her able to reach up and grab the ledge to get the little beacon, right? Like, I was kind of thinking, like, well, the armor at some point should be taking all the weight off of her for her to be able to quickly, easily reach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm like, maybe I'm over. Th- I'm, I'm, this is my problem. I overanalyze mm-hmm. stuff like that when I'm watching. A Couldn't show. tell. I have yeah, to like, fact I, I, check too, because I don't know if yeah. the, ar- the armor isn't necessarily powered. I don't think it's power armor. Well, but then no, how I mean, are they able to like, do they're the augmented. They're, they're augmented genetic. human beings. Right. Yeah, but, but even augmentation, like a human wouldn't be able to like, like it, it is a combination fall, yeah. like it's like, like they have like we're, it's like yeah. augmentations or total augmentations sort of deal yeah like they were like made to be like captain america on steroids plus the suit adds a little bit more yeah that, and then you got the armor of the suit but the suit also has shields so like right there's a lot of levels going on there looks I, funny it's it just it's tough right because we all it's like 
you know, that breaking that fourth wall. What, what was I calling it, Dan, before I'm, the I'm, show? Uncanny Valley, yeah. right? Like we all know humans can't quite do those things. So when they CGI people kind of do making those leaps and running faster than fast as fast as they are and not on fours like we're all we've all seen people things run that fast on four legs not on two so it just sort of breaks that uncanny valley where we all know it's oh that's cgi right which takes us out of mm-hmm. it so it's it's kind of an issue it's sort of it's why when they treat people going really fast in other shows it's sort of they treat it like a blur right rather than like actually showing it like it is in halo right now right like because yeah. then it kind of there's trickery there it's metaphysical it's it's out they're going so fast and breaking the speed of visual. Yeah, maybe TV, they need to right? add an element where they put more in their strides to make it look like they're getting more lift off of their right. kicks because I they're running so, yeah. that like their legs are moving very normally, but they're moving faster than their faster. legs are moving. Yeah. So maybe it should be more yeah. almost like a jump rather than just, you know, the legs kicking in place kind of I, thing. I, 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 I could like I brought up Twilight because Twilight was like that too. They were running like normal, but they were running super fast. And you're yeah. like, it doesn't make any sense, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it just there's something there that's just like not tracking. I I, I mm. hear you, but I don't I don't mind it. But I understand why other why other people see it weirdly. Yeah, I mean, it never bothered me, and I always thought the scenes with the CGI were fine, and I enjoyed it because I mean, it's still one of the better looking experiences of the spartans yeah. doing badass shit like that right. except for like yeah. if you go into like uh like halo 5 which is you know one of the more recent iterations of the game where you get intense scenes with multiple spartans doing things because even in halo infinite you have just the master chief and you're always in his helmet you know you don't see master chief from outside very often but in like halo 5 you see a bunch of spartans doing crazy shit they're sliding down mountains the mountains are jumping and shooting that's the closest equivalent to this but that's all video game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for on screen, it still looks pretty decent, but obviously yeah. it's like, eh, maybe that takes a little, any little tweaking going on there. I, I think, I think your lunge idea, it would, would, cause that's, I think looking back, using right, more like a bound leg. kind of like, yeah. mm-hmm. like the legs just looks like the little people go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sonic. Um, <laughs> Sonic. Oh, I do have a question for people. Do we think Kai is going to betray chief? To Ackerson because she or Dickerson because she feels <laughs> worried about his mental state. Because when they had like that scene I didn't think where, that. where where Dickerson was like or Axe whatever, and he was talking <laughs> with Kai like, "Hey, do you do you have any doubts about Chief's like mental stability, emotional, whatever stuff?" And like she was hesitating, like she was like, mm. Mm, "Maybe," but like I'm not gonna say nothing to you because I don't trust you. Um, yeah, I, here's the thing. I think she says enough to make it damning, but but she backs it up by always saying he's clear for duty. I will never, I'll always trust him. He's good. He's solid. Mm. It's weird. She'll say like, I think he's going through a lot, but then she's like, but he's solid. So it, he, it gave, like if she was being recorded and you were to cut out just the bad things, like it could be damning in a in a like a room or as a video or if you showed that to somebody and like if you wanted to strip Master Chief of his power right or mm. of his ability because also he mentioned that Master Chief is just the guy in a suit yeah yeah so it sounds like he's gonna try to like dethrone him or something yeah, right. and just replace him with whoever can fill in the suit kind of thing because in the it, trailers as well you could see the Spartan threes. So maybe I mean, he was like getting one of his guys to just be the new master chief. There was the whole narrative too that Cortana can take over chief and just control his body. And now he has Cortana. So, I mean, he could be trying to do mm. something similar and reprogram Cortana for his own means. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a little frustrating because there is some like clear narrative like beats here, like from like we've all seen this before. We have a bad guy, corporate dude, who's trying to like, and you have like the master chief, who's the the good guy that like knows all the things, but the corporate guy has his own mission. Like think RoboCop or whatever. I was actually right? just you thinking know? RoboCop. I'm like, where's the yeah, we need the robot yeah. to come in? Just... <laughs> yeah, and 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 we know Master Chief is like at the end of episode two, he makes the decision to dis- disobey orders, and he tells his teams like, "Yeah, we're clear for active duty," and so he's clearly disobeying orders. So now that guy has even more reason to say like, "I'm going to strip Master Chief of his power. Let's we're going to institute whatever my plan even more." Like he's strengthening his role, and Master Chief is doing all the wrong things for him to like mm. like even though he's right and we all know he's right and other people think he's right and the admiral the old admiral's back and she thinks she's right but what's his face is going to have all the ammo he needs to dig himself even more entrenched into making his plan come to fruition so yeah there was one more part i wanted to talk about that final corridor scene in episode mm. two. Oh, like yeah i have thoughts on that yeah yeah you have thoughts go for it no, no, you, you start it and I'll piggyback. Oh, I was going to say, like, I thought it was really so cool bad. and it reminded me so much of that mission in Halo Reach because, like, they, they said Visegrad. So I'm like, oh, Reach, that's what we're doing. That's where we are now because going off what you said about matching up with game timelines, we're now into Halo Reach sort of deal. And, like, that core of reminded me of, like, when you have to chase the two elites um, through the thingy and, you're, like, you're with George and you have that all the darkness. And I just thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. No. Mm-hmm. And then... The elites were scary as well again. Oh, like yeah. back on what you said. Mission four, Halo Reach, Oni Sword Base. It's the same thing. It's Oni Sword Base. True. So there's True. it's the same location in Reach of the the video game as what that is happening there, where this is the Covenant basically sneaking in in the back end. And this is what leads me to feel like the show is ultimately gonna pay off leading up to this just everything we've seen for season two so far and what they're building up for. The Covenant are going to invade Reach, and it's going to turn into this giant, large-scale battle. Reach is going to fall. It's going to get glassed, and that's going to lead to them going into space and finding the Halo, essentially, to escape. Yeah. Um, do you think they'll? Do you think the Pillar of Autumn will make an appearance at the very end? It has to. Like, come on. Surely. Like, yeah. Please, um, come on. We need the Pillar of Autumn. <laughs> like, come on. Cool. Um, <laughs> But but that means that means Casey's gonna die because he's gonna be turned. Not into yet like... though. Eventually. <laughs> no. Okay. Fine. Slow sorry. down. Slow um, down. But also <laughs> with that final scene, it looks cool. But how the fuck is McKay there? I thought she died. Yeah. She got shot once. Yeah. She. And it, it, <laughs> yeah. I don't think she. I, even when the episode ended, I didn't think she was dead. I yeah. The Covenant probably could have revived her some way. Yeah. Somehow. I didn't know mm-hmm. with alien space magic. Well, and they just mm-hmm. built her up to be too much of a a, a parallel like, character. Yeah, it was just to kill too, her off after yeah, one season that, like that. That would have been it. Would have been weird and felt off. Like I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I never quite bought that she was dead, but I I get it. I get why. Because even in the show, everybody's like, "Oh, she's dead. You can't like see you. her." You know, like they yeah. even say it out loud. Um, because he thinks he saw her on the cliffside, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, he's having like visions of that moment, which was interesting. You know what? I, I actually, and I, here's where I give the show props, where I think it's 100% better than season one, even is that that conversation Chief and Perez have at that in the dinner table scene. I thought that was really cool. Like, oh, that was like yeah. some of the best like writing so far on the show. Like, I thought right there, like character driven writing, right? Mm. And I hope they do some more of that, right? Where you really try to understand like why people are making the decisions they're making and why 
and and the lengths that the chief will go to to kind of solve a problem which is really cool right like he's not just a grunt like or a like and i mean grunt he's not just like a marine like sent and follows orders and just like he's really got the good like he really has a good heart and he's smart right and that's what makes him formidable right like he's this he's smarter than everyone else right as well as he's skilled right and that's what you want from your hero you want your hero to be a step of a step above and when he when he gets defeated it's because someone else is actually really really clever right mm. and so that mm. makes that dynamic that chess game really strong and that's why we whenever we see the covenant like and they're doing things that are really tricky and really cool and he's trying to solve it i like that like this is exciting like this is what i i wanted from Halo, I want my I want my heroes to be really good at what they do and not like being over like like being the wool thrown over their eyes all the time and like, oh, I didn't know that. You know, like you want them to be kind of like constantly solving the problem, uh, which is really cool. So I really appreciate that they put that scene in there. That scene and that dialogue actually leans into my theory earlier about how I feel this is gonna be them building up the chief into the master chief that we know more from the games because the, that conversation that they have and that depth that he goes into about living with the scars of war. And it's like, he says, you know, it never goes away, but it gets, mm -hmm. or it never ends, but it gets further away. And right. I think about that makes me think of the, the somber image of the chief's helmet in the games when he, he doesn't really talk when people say something, he just, you can just kind of tell he's just thinking or he's, yeah. you know, processing past experience. And then he turns that into action in the games. Mm -hmm. so. Which is, Building up that, that's why I think Kai might also be, might die because that would harden him even more. He's like, cool, yeah. realize attachment, mm -hmm. no good for this sort of stuff. And then that's how we'll lead more into like the hard boiled chief. Because like, kind of, yeah. like Kai seems like to be, he's like his closest bestie. So like, you know, if like, another Spartan dies, he could be like, cool, that can fuck me up in the future. Probably not. Yeah, but I don't think he'll ever, I mean, because even in the games, he's always like put saving others at his forefront, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, it's, not, like, it's not like yeah. he's like the needs of the, fit the, like, you know, like he's always like, he'll do whatever it takes to to win, right? And and I, that's what you always appreciate the chief, like, it, no matter the odds, right? Mm -hmm. He's sort of like, I'm in it, like, let's go. Yeah. Uh, you know, just give me a weapon, <laughs> you know, kind of vibe. And you're like, like yes. I'll, I'll win. I'll win. Yeah, I'll win. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, that's what you want. You want, and he's, you got glimpses of that. And that's what I really liked about that first episode opener was he just like, you bring it, bring it. Like, I don't care how many elites you got. Like, let's go. Like, mm -hmm. and that's what you want from you when you see the Master Chief in action. You, you want him to execute, right? And he does. Like, there's that moment where that one starts reaching for him and that he just like pops him, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, yes. <laughs> he wasn't even looking. He's just walking by and just finishes it, you know? And you're like, oh, dude, finally. It's like the John Wick Master Chief we always mm -hmm. wanted. Um, so. Yeah, I'm 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 hopeful. I'm really hopeful for season two. A lot of good course correction in the season. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It feels even more in line we... with the what the games offer. Yeah. Even though yeah. at the end of that like that cool like Visegrad scene, we did have the giant artifact again. So it seems like the artifact stuff is still part of it with like you yeah. know the king chief, you know, having like this. I think that'll play levels. into them finding the halo come the end of the season. Mm -hmm. That'll be like it's gonna the, be important. The, yeah the dot on the map for them to go okay now we got to go this way and then that's going to lead them if they're escaping the fall of reach essentially and they jump on the pillar of ottoman yeah. and then bam you know they, they're at the halo yeah, yeah i just wish we had more explanation on why what the artifacts do and why like the first season felt like that one artifact was a map 
Mm. But it seems like there's multiple artifacts now. And I, I, I guess I'm just sort of like, I'm a little confused on why they matter. Um, and is it to, was the map not complete? Did I miss something at the end of season? I, I thought they had the map to Halo. Okay, so the little artifact by itself just kind of like messes with your mind and like help, like can help like the chief and McKee like connect, put it with a big boy artifact, <laughs> and that's how they can create the map to find all the halos. But they couldn't because Kai killed McKee first to break the connection so they could not get the full map, which is why the hierarchs are like, oh no, we need the demon still. Like that mm. sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So like together they make map, separate, who knows? Besides right. messing with Chief's head. And, and, was... and, and the purpose of like splitting them up was like someone thinking like, oh, we want to hide these halos. Like I like I wish yeah. there was a little bit more lore building here on mm. the purpose of these and like why they matter and like why they mattered a to the covenant i I, like they leaned into it a little bit in the season one like the religion like they believe in these gods right like that was cool and i want i guess i want more of that (laughs) exposition too right to make me feel like those things are powerful and important because right now i'm gonna oh great they found another thing with lines on it that that someone can touch and it'll like send a shockwave like because that's all that really thing really did in episode one was be like a deus ex machina moment to when like someone touched it and it saved people or like let somebody escape or whatever right like it never really did anything of value um in my mind this is still one of those things that i feel like it'll come to fruition next season if the show does what i think it's going to do where they go to the halo because it's not until they actually reach the halo in the games where the humans actually learn what the covenants or plan is and what they're trying to do and what all the halos are why they exist what the forerunners made them for like there's so much more to learn it just feels like it's it's a little too soon in the in the show because of where they're starting this narrative yeah yeah so. they're like they're taking aspects from like especially like when they get deep into form like four and five and infinite taking those those sorts of concepts <laughs> and ideas and putting them way before they were even thought of yeah. um, which is why like it might feel a bit out of place especially if you played the original games and not four and five like after that that's, see, that's like, where <laughs> i am like i never really got into like anything after halo 3 right like i, I just yeah. haven't played so like i'm like i'm a little like some like yeah. some of this stuff maybe uh yeah. doesn't really matter to me and I, I almost wish it was not that i don't want them to have cool things like artifacts because i'm a big sci-fi nerd and i want artifacts and cool glowy things and (laughs) and space stuff but you almost wish that like the show really just needs to like focus right and i think even in season two it's having a hard time with even the spin-off narratives because we just don't know kwan and soren and like all that like how does that tie like what matters here and how do we just put a line into kind of like getting us to this point and giving us as an audience the information we need to to follow along and understand because even even i am a i'm a fan i'm not a super fan i'm a fan of halo and even i'm sort of like i don't get it you know some parts so i'm like I'm not, I'm not sure why we're doing that or what's going on there so so i can only imagine what like a casual person's watching this and being like what the fuck is happening uh you know what i'm saying like it's it's got to be tough for some people maybe yeah. I'm gonna... uh, yeah, so that is our episode breakdowns, our sit rep on uh, the first two episodes of season two. So now let's get into the scoreboard. So the scoreboard is where we're going to give the first two episodes a score out of 10. And uh, this, is the, this is the clutch time. Who wants to go first? Hmm. Drew. 
you know what I, that episode one i thought super strong opened with like a great action scene like noodle title new title sequence like like the music was good i thought the pacing was like really on point on that episode one it teased mm-hmm. a lot of great things um it added a new dynamic i think to to to, to characters we love uh i'm gonna give it actually in like an eight uh, out of 10 i thought it was a good season two opener um and to kind yes. of like show you hey we kept all the good stuff you'd like from season one and we're working on like <laughs> narratively changing some of the things you probably didn't like from season one so i thought season one or episode one was was solid eight i'll give episode two like a seven just because the quan stuff like i was just like i was like snoozeville um and yeah. and even some of the soren stuff i was like oh, okay like here we go like i don't know what's happening here so um and even the uh the um um mckee, uh, McKee or not yeah the mckee stuff was cool but the um Natasha McCollum's uh, character, um, oh, Halsey. Halsey, 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 like Halsey. even that mm. stuff, I was kind of like bored with. I, it felt too mystery-ish and not enough, like not interesting enough Post. for me to really kind of to, to to chew on, right? Like yet. So hopefully it'll pay off. But so I'm gonna give episode two a little little deduction there on seven. Okay. Yeah, I I I pretty much feel the same. I would say like for me episode 8 uh, episode 1 gets an I would give it an 8. I would say really amazing open scene, opening scene. I loved it. It was a nice like you said, a nice slow episode to get the season started. I think they did a really good job at like setting up all the different story elements they're going to be using. Uh the covenant sort of preparing for their new attack, I thought was awesome. Like I love how that that ending shot of them all lifting up their ships like that was super cool. Um, I still feel like Master Chief is a bit soft and weak. Uh, you know, something I was going to mention earlier is he kind of feels like Joel in The Last of Us adaptation, where it's the super badass, brutal character that they've made softer and they've given him like anxiety. And, and it's like, I understand you want to do this, like making these kinds of characters more emotional can be really powerful, but it's just like, it feels a little bit like, like we've seen it before and we want to see the guy kick ass rather than you know, be emotional and stuff. But I, I still think it's pretty cool, but uh, we'll have to see what they do with it. Um, and uh, episode two, also, like, I feel like it just kind of slowed down a little bit. I'd give it a 7.5 because I think it was still pretty strong. Strong. I'm liking Ackerson or Dickerson. Um, I think he's been a pretty cool um, a pretty cool addition to the show to, for this season. Um I'm liking where, like the episode ending where where Silver Team is getting ready to go to Reach uh, to help with the Cobalt unit and everything. Like, it's such a cool setup for the next episode. So what I'm hoping is that the slow episodes of exposition and setting things up are kind of done, and now it's just about picking up the pace. So I'm anticipating episode three to be full of action. Uh, so hopefully we'll see that. Um, but uh, as I mentioned about Cortana, her redesign, I I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> why did they change Cortana, dude? Why? Why did they change her? And Dan's got his theories and everything, but I don't like it so far. It's still Jen Taylor, though. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it. But yeah, episode two, seven point five for me. Uh, I'll be quick. Uh, I'll probably give both seven. Um, both episodes had aspects that I'm like, damn, these are really cool. But like, nothing for me was like, this is like excellent. Like the opening mm-hmm. fight scenes in episode one, awesome source um the character moments like episode two like with cortana and everything and like them disobeying orders also cool but like nothing that made me go i'm super excited i'm still keen to see more from it 
Um, so maybe in retrospect, I look on these episodes like more fondly, I guess. Um, but yeah, overall seven for both. I think it's good start, but like nothing amazing. For episode one, I'm going to go an eight because I love that opening scene. I liked the the action. The action is always the best part of these shows. I love the use of the elites. They're making the elites incredibly powerful. They make them scary, yeah, dude. and they should be. The elites should not be toned down in any way, shape, or form. They need to be badasses, and they keep making them badasses, and we keep getting more Covenant in these episodes, which I love. There's yeah. more badassery with the Covenant. Um to touch on the Cortana thing, I want to mention that in the first episode, there's that scene where Chief goes to like that, like hollow room to like talk to an AI, but it's yeah. just an AI. It's just a random AI, and he puts in like a chip that kind of like gives her a, a a skin of Cortana's, but it's still just that same mm-hmm. AI. But he's trying to talk to Cortana. Like he's doing some sort of like mental like therapy to pretend like he's he talking to Cortana. And then he's like, he starts like cycling through her hairstyles, like trying to fix her. Like, hey, it doesn't look quite right. You know, like you're changing your, your avatar in a game. Mm-hmm. And then we get to that later. Some... <laughs> we get to that scene in the second episode with Ackerson talking to Cortana. But the big thing, my big theory here is that the, the Cortana we see there looks like Ackerson's assistant that we don't know anything about, but is somehow relevant because he keeps sending the clones, these flash clones of this assistant to talk to Halsey and then it dies and then it goes and it dies and we keep seeing it. And then when Ackerson talks to Halsey, he caresses her and he's got some sort of connection and bond with that character. That character and the version of Cortana we see have the same face. I I could be wrong, but it looked like the same person to me. But it's still Jen Taylor's voice. I hope voice. so, Dan. I hope so. And that we and Cortana in that scene does say that she's disconnected. She's not open to the network. So she can't, like, change mm-hmm. anything amongst herself. She's locked into this room. And Ackerson's got this thing that he's having her sort out. But we don't know quite what yet. Uh, the second episode, too, it had some of the lowest points with, like, the Quan stuff and the Soren stuff. There were cool moments, especially with, like, that dude getting his arm chopped off and sent out to space. Yes. Um but still really good action. I like the drama with Chief and Ackerson kind of like butting heads and uh, trying to figure out, like, Chief's kind of having this bit of, like, a questioning his own sanity, not knowing if things are what they are, if he's he's starting to question, you know, how he sees things. And I think, going back to what you were saying, Nick, I think this plays into what they can do with the show by building the character of Chief. I think Chief is flawed now so that he can become the Chief we know. I think yeah. it's leading up to that. Like he's going through this stuff to become that like hard boiled, like just staying on mission, not being attached. Like I don't think he's gonna become that yeah. in the show, but I think it'll get closer to it as we go. And I'm yeah. gonna give we'll that episode to, eight. We'll too. have to wait and see how I haven't already said it. So that's it, Spartans. That is our first episode of watching now season two of Halo. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Dan, Tom, Andrew, thank you guys for being here. Make sure you guys catch us next week. We're going to be right here on YouTube, 2 p.m. PST on Tuesdays. You can catch us right here on YouTube or listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you head on over to couchtube.com. Check out all of our fun stuff over there. And, hey, become a member. Why not? There's a bunch of cool stuff there. And uh, make sure for everything else, you stay right here on Couchtube because we've got a lot of cool stuff. But until next week, see you then, Spartans. Finish this fight. (laughs) Finish this fight.
Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts.